So we're back for stage two of the Jira Rosa daily podcast. It was a, it sounded like it was a crazy day today. I mean, yeah, I've got Lauren Rowney here to chat with me about today's, today's events. Lauren, how's it going? Pretty good. Um, I came home early to tune into the race because I've got the GCN app, but unfortunately, due to the broadcaster, there was a bit of mistiming with um, the actual showing. So I kind of missed the race, but thankfully, the tweets are really good and your report was really good. So I do suggest to people who, like, for example, in Australia, are just waking up in the morning to definitely just read Abby's report because it's really accurate and well written. Um, oh, thanks, Lauren. Yeah, good job, Abby. So I feel like. I know how the race would have panned out and I can sort of envision what Anamik did. So we'll get into that. Yeah. So I, as far as like what happened in the race, I've been chatting a little bit with Ruth Winder after the stage and she said it was just an absolutely brutal day. Like it, the profile, not that it's surprising at all, does not, did not do any justice to how much climbing there was on the day. She said it was basically from the gun. It was just climbing the entire time and it would roll a little bit, but it's like, those are the ones that really, really hurt because it's not a sustained effort. It's like on, off, on, off, on, off. So let's hear what Ruth had to say about the day. Hey, cycling tips listeners, just on the bus after a really effing hard stage. I'm going to try not to swear, but I don't have very many nice words to say about this stage. Um, yeah, we rode, I think, pretty well as a team early on, but it's just uphill, it felt like, the entire way, and maybe not everybody felt super good today on the team as well, but we did what we could, and Elisa fought really hard in the end. Uh, just, yeah, such a really, really hard stage. Yeah, it just felt like one of those days that just keeps going, and you look down, and I think, like, at 16k in at one point, I was like, I'm dropped. I'm very dropped. It's 16 kilometers in, and we have 125k day today. Um, but yeah, then just came back and just kind of up and down always. Um, but yeah, I'm not, there wasn't really too much that happened in terms of attacks and breakaways. Um, Polka were trying, (laughs) Polka were trying pretty hard for a breakaway for a while. And I think I followed them three or four times, which cooked my legs a little bit for the last little climb. We did have a pretty fun descent at one point, which Canyon, <coughs> excuse me, I'm still like coughing up. What? Oh, a Sunweb girl went fully into the side of the road at one point. I think it was Allison Jack. I think it was Allison Jackson. She held it up pretty well, but she did go into the side of the road. Um, yeah, I don't know. Taylor, do you want to add anything? Do you have any comments? Our gravel section was hell. Yeah, the gravel section, I don't really know why it was necessarily in a road bike race. Uh, many girls had to walk in parts. The gravel was so deep. I definitely did at one point, Um, yeah, and it just felt never-ending, and I wasn't even at the front of the race, (laughs) but yeah, anyway, that's all we have for today. Um, Not as fun as yesterday's win, but we still have seven more days of racing, and we'll play the game. If I'm reading correctly, was it 3,100 meters of climbing? Yeah. Okay, that's a lot over 125 kilometers. So I can imagine that it was just hell out there. Um, and what a way to start the Giro, actually. Uh, if we think of our discussion just a few days ago before when we were previewing it, we hedged our bets on certain riders and I said, 
I was still going to go for Anamique, even though there was discussion that this may not be as hard as previous editions. However, like you said, you just never know with the Giro. And from what Ruth has said is uh, maybe there's going to be more of this to come. Yeah, exactly. Like we, we went into this thinking it was going to be kind of a punchy rider. And I even based on the climbs today, it could have been. But with the amount of climbing they did in such a short stage, it just it suited Anamique to a T. And basically what what it sounds like happened during the stage, because we couldn't watch it and we'll get into that in a second, is Polly Caught was really aggressive from the gun. They were trying to get off the front, trying to make moves. Lizzie Banks was probably the longest rider that stayed away. Um, but none of the breakaways stuck by the second so there was two gravel sectors and the first one sounds like it was pretty straightforward like it wasn't too crazy it was a climb but it wasn't wasn't steep it was more gradual and there weren't very many turns so it was like a pretty straightforward sector sector of gravel and it was only about a kilometer and a half long and then the second gravel sector started with a climb and was just brutal so we have amy jones on the ground at the giro and she drove it and she said that the gravel was super loose everything was really lumpy like it was a really really hard technical gravel sector like it was there was a lot of turns. There was a lot of really, really steep climbs and it was 4.2 kilometers long. So it was really long, this gravel sector. And at the bottom of it, everything came together. It was Grupo Compacto going into this gravel sector. And like when the gravel hit on a meek hit and she went hard and she completely blew apart the peloton. And Amy Jones was standing at the top of the final climb on the gravel sector and she did a live stream which is the only way we know anything that happened <laughs> um, in 2020. Like, come on, <laughs> seriously. Um, and what you saw basically was just ones and twos. Like it was completely blown apart. It was on a meek came over the line at the top of the climb. And then on a Van der Bregen came and then Kashini Doma and then Cecile Utrip Ludwig. And it was just literally like groups of ones and twos. And on a meek came over the top of the climb with like, probably a 50 second gap or maybe a minute, but she had a mechanical on, on the dirt. And <laughs> it's like pretty much the only thing in the quote unquote highlight package that is being put out by the, um, organization is like on a meek. She, I don't know if she had a mechanical or like the gravel was in such bad shape that she slipped and fell over. Cause it looked like it was like a 17% climb Good on work. gravel. And so I think her back wheel maybe just slipped out from under her and she fell over. And then she's kind of like running up the climb with her bike <laughs> oh <my laughs> before God. someone gets to her and gives her a spare wheel, which I don't know. It, it like panned away when, when the guy got to her with the wheel. So I don't know if she needed it or if she was just trying to get to a better place to get on. Like I have no idea, but at one point she was running her bike up the, up the road. And so, yet she still had 50 seconds going over the top. And she still had this huge gap. And then, I mean, she's, she's an incredible time trialist. So she got to the the pavement again and it was nine kilometers to the finish and it was pretty flat with one little descent into town and then like one hairy I think right hand turn before the finish and she just put her head down and time trialed and she said in a post-race interview that this Giro is really different because there's no high mountain stages mm -hmm. so she felt like she had to go from the bottom of that gravel sector and put in like 
a, a TT effort basically, because she was like, I need to get every second I can because we don't know what's going to happen. And now she's leading the GC by over a minute and seemingly the race is over. So Lauren, yeah. what do you think? I mean, what are your thoughts? Yeah, Anna Meek is Anna Meek, and she's a former world champion in the time trial and current champion in the road race, and she just showed why she's won both those titles. I I mean, like you've mentioned before, when we look at the stage profiles, we're not quite sure what to expect, Um, but this was a pretty devastating day um, one for the road stages, and we still have another seven to go. Mm. Yeah. Um, so yeah, you know, Elisa Longo-Borghini, she lost actually quite a bit of time today. Um, if you compare it to how I thought maybe she was going to go into the race. So I'm not sure what happened there. Um, she's a very technical rider, so I don't think it would have been the gravel that threw her as such. So maybe she just didn't have a good day, but you know, for Anamik to be starting the tour with such a lead already is, um, yeah, I don't want to say it's over because it's it's never over till the last day, or I don't know if I'm being positive. But, yeah, we'll just have to see what happens. I mean, uh, the they had a pretty good team time trial, Mitchell and Scott, so they still have a strong team, and I'm sure they can defend it all the way to the end uh, if need Yeah, be. I mean – Elisa Longo Borghini has one Strada Bianchi. So gravel is like nothing new to her. But I think I saw in a post-race interview or like a post-race Trek tweet that she, it was crazy hot and she did the best that she could, but she just didn't have the legs today. And it sounds like talking to Ruth that it was just an absolutely like stupid hard day on the bike. And and yeah, you can see it in the time gaps. I mean, Anna Vanderbregen is in second. She's a minute and 16 down. Kashini Wadoma was third all, with Anna Vanderbregen on the, on, um, at the finish. Cecile Utrecht-Ludwig was fourth. And then that's the last rider that's within two minutes of, of Anamik. After that, like Ashley Moen Passio lost three, over three minutes along with Mavi, um, Mavi Garcia. And Amanda Spratt lost almost four minutes. And yeah, Elisa Longaborghini lost over four minutes. So for all of us who were really hoping to see Elisa in pink at the end of this race, it's I think it's safe to say her GC her potential well opportunity <laughs> is is, is kind of done. But yeah, I she mean, can still win a stage. A hundred percent. Like a lot of these yeah. riders are just going to be the teams will be sitting down and hunting stages from now on. Um yeah, don't think that Anamik isn't going to try and put more time into people and go for more wins because that's not how she operates. She never, you know, she doesn't play the safe card, if that makes sense. She will, like, she didn't need to go on the attack last year when she did, but she said the best offense is a good defense, I think. And so just go on the attack even when you are in the yellow or the pink, I should say. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I, I have to say, Mavi Garcia, considering she just came off a big stage race, did really well. And uh, a shout out also to the Kiwi national champion, Michaela Harvey. Like, it was a tough day, like you said, and they were right up there. And of course, Ashley Moorman, after her um, her crash, she did really well too. So um, it's nice to see those riders up there mixing it up. And I'm really curious to see what happens from here on. Um, I think Amanda Spratt will probably be a bit disappointed because I know next year she'll be moving into a leadership role in the team. But that being said, it's it's been a weird year for everyone. 
it's not a normal year and, um, you know, she'll be hunting stage wins, I'm sure, if if it's possible, you know, if she's in the right sort of break and it doesn't threaten GC. Really quick, let's check in with Brody Chapman to see how her day went. Today's stage was super successful for the team. Um, Sealy moved into fourth overall in the GC, clawed back a lot of time on some of the other contenders um, after we lost a fair bit in the time trial. So, yeah, she was super positive. The team read really well. It was a really, really hard, hard day out um, over about, about 3,000 metres of climbing, um, some really hectic gravel, and, uh, yeah, it was... It was rough, day one of the road racing. So, um, yeah, we're really happy that Sealy's in a good position and now we have got a really clear objective. And um, it'll be interesting to see how it all unfolds with the following stages. And, yeah, I'm just excited to make it through day one of my first duo. Lots to learn. And um, hopefully the body recovers. It was a bit, uh, bit sorry for itself after the time on the TT bike and struggled a bit today. But, yeah. That's the great thing about stage racing is that you're like, hey, we've got to do another race tomorrow. I don't want it to sound like I'm like bummed that Anamique won because I'm not like kudos to her. It was it was an incredible effort. And it's clear that she's an amazing athlete. It's more like I saw her coming over the top of that climb by herself with no one in sight. And I felt a little bit deflated because I was hoping that it was going to be a super, super aggressive Giro. And I think it still will be. Like, I think Anna Vanderbregen, she's like a minute 18 down from Anamique now on GC, I think. And Bowles is going to try to get that back. Like, 100%. no one's going to They're going to fight, for yeah. sure. And I think their team and is Kasha actually stronger too. than um, maybe Mitchell and Scott right now. Yeah, I agree. I mean, if you saw, really interestingly, the the highlights package of the TTT yesterday – Bowles Dolmans finished with all of their riders. Maybe they were down one, but they finished with majority of the team. And uh, Mitchelton Scott only finished with four. And it was like watching the what the the camera was on Mitchelton Scott for a very short amount of time. But it was just on a meek on the front, and then like riders being spit out the back. Yeah. And yeah. So clearly, like if it comes down to teamwork and team tactics at the end of this race. I put my money on Bowles Dolmans and Anna Van der over Anamik because clearly Mitchelton Scott is not at the level that Bowles Dolmans is as a unit. That being said, Anamik is clearly the strongest of everyone in the race. So it's kind of, it'll be really interesting. Yeah, that's exactly it. It's, it's still going to be a really interesting race. And um, yeah, you never know what's going to come um, at the Giro, to be honest. <laughs> and before we wrap it up for today, there's, there is like this really weird, I was, so Ruth was not stoked on the gravel today. And Ruth is, Ruth loves riding gravel. Like she rides gravel all the time in Boulder and in Girona. So I have this question for you, Lauren, and I'm really curious what you think. Should gravel be in a stage race like this? Well, I, historically, I don't think gravel has played a part in the Giro, correct me if I'm wrong, or actually in any other women's um, world tour stage race. And I'm not sure, I suppose in the men's, some of those classic day sort of stages that they have occasionally in the Tour de France. Um, but, hmm, you know, when you're signing up for Strada Bianchi and it's a one-day race and you know exactly what you're signing up for, um, I suppose it has a place in that race and it's a very unique race, but 
yeah, in the Giro, is it necessary, particularly day one? I don't know. Um, yeah, I, I actually don't have a definitive answer there, but in terms of spectating, I think if we'd watched the race, it might have been quite a fun thing to watch. But, mm-hmm. yeah, it sounded like it was actually a really rough gravel section. And I ride a bit of gravel around where I live, and I know when it's loose and like that, it's it's not fun. Um, and probably a good thing that Anime just destroyed the peloton in terms of keeping things a bit safe. I agree. I mean, I think there's there's a time and place for there to be gravel, but if you're going to put it in a women's world tour race, an elite race like this, it has to be a safe section of gravel and it has to be well-maintained. And it sounds like from talking to multiple people on the ground that this second sector of gravel was really dangerous. And I don't think that that should be in a world tour race. Like, yes, like you said, Strada is one thing. It's a gravel. It's known for its gravel. That's like the point of the race. And I love Strada. It's one of my favorite one day races. But I think for a stage race, I don't, I don't really see where the point of putting it in. Yeah. Yeah. And I understand why they did it because gravel is so big right now. Everyone is obsessed with gravel right now. So I understand why they threw it in there because it's, it just fits right now really well into this, this moment we're having in cycling, but it's a world tour stage race. It's a grand tour. And I think like if they put one sector of gravel in it, yeah, sure. And there's been gravel in the Giro, the men's Giro. So there is a place for it, I think. But it's a very specific time and place where they can put the gravel. And it sounds like this sector of gravel shouldn't have been in this race. And also, just um, backtracking on what you said there, a time and place, let's remember that typically Strada Bianchi is run in March and there's been the rains from the spring. And... um, You know, also in May, it's still compact, whereas we've just come out of the summer and it's been very dry and thus very loose. So, of course, it was never going to be safe, right? Um, It was never going to be a really good idea, but we could talk about that for a long time. But, yeah, it shouldn't – I don't think it really had a place in in the race, but it was there and um, as a consequence, I think it probably has affected – the outcome a little bit but again it was just a really hard day out there yep well we were gonna go into the live coverage situation but I think we'll save it for a later day because we've got seven more stage seven more days to go and the odds that we will have the same situation of like a three minute highlights package that shows like maybe a minute and a half of the race, I'm pretty sure that's going to happen again. So we can, <laughs> we can talk about the the lack of coverage another day. But for now, Lauren, thank you so much for joining me. And thank you guys for listening to the Daily Giro coverage. We'll keep keep coming at you every single day for the next seven days. I'm already losing track and it's only stage one, <laughs> stage two. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> it's just so much cycling uh, at the moment. So as as usual, we're going to sign off with a little message from Hannah Barnes. And and that's that. Lauren, thank you. Cool. Um, yeah, so hello. Reporting after stage two of the Giro Rosa, which was a very hard day. I think uh, to have that stage as the stage two was a bit of a shock. There was a few sections 
that were really hard and difficult and everyone knew how important they were so there was always going to be a big fight into them but yeah it was um a hard day a really hard day I think it was 2,700 meters of elevation and yeah the the final 15k was really hard the the gravel was steep and really deep um so yeah if you got your wheel stuck in the wrong place you were going to struggle and there was a lot of people putting their foots down and having trouble um but yeah for us from the canyon sham side it was it was a really great race we were always there when we needed to be there at the front and if we also didn't need to be there we would just take a little bit of breather and yeah eat and eat and drink but yeah for for us it was really important to go into the the final gravel section in a really good place and drop cash off in the yeah the right the front so she could she could choose the lines that she wanted the ones that were were best and the smoothest um and we did that great yeah it was a really good team team effort and yeah Kasha coming in third in such a strong strong way and to also be be in the mix for the GC is is really great and yeah we're going to take a lot of confidence going into the rest of the race and hopefully we can build on what we did today and just yeah keep having fun